Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast. Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Braun, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Dawson himself. Pete, how the devil... How are you doing? What's going on? I'm good, Christopher. I am in um, the Stack uh, HQ right now, uh, recording the Abroad Japan podcast. So I'm I'm just really happy about things. I'm happy to be out of the house uh, for the first time in January. <laughs> That's what it feels like, anyway. And uh, I prefer your um, shed. I'm, I prefer your yeah. home set. It's it's you cozy. do like my it's home like, set because it's got because it's, it's got nice. um, old retro TVs, uh, which is exactly the same as what you've got in your. Uh, background, but um, <laughs> yours is a hell of a lot more neon flecked and, and just better. In well, general, your TV works. Mine That's true. Yeah, did, well, your TV did work, but then Premier Two Pete didn't. He wasn't he trying to get the Nintendo working, and he broke one of them. Yeah, we had like a super family con when I first got the studio mm. in Sendai, and it was it was the pride and joy of the fleet. It was my, <laughs> I, I loved it. It was great. Yeah, and then Pete. Premier 2 turned up and was like, oh, I'm just going to move the cables around, guys. Pulled a cable out and then nothing worked ever again. So Yeah, I'm just going to make my adjustments <laughs> in the back of this TV. It never worked again. Don't know what, it's sabotage. And then the last he time is. he was in the Sendai studio, he had a, it was a live stream on his Premier 2 channel. And uh, yeah. he was like, the, the audit, my, my followers want me to, to steal one thing from the studio. And I was like, this is a terrible the idea. Deeds to the, I don't like this. the deeds to the office. <laughs> Well, he and he stole my my Game Boy, my my beloved Game Boy, and I haven't seen it right. since. So he breaks the Famicom, he steals the Game how? Boy. What is his vendetta against Nintendo? What's he has doing? He my um, has he had my headphones? Because I, I I've I've lost a pair of um, earphones, <laughs> in ear earphones, um, and they're black, and they're, I can't find them anywhere. Um, they're, they're just not very you know easy to be found in a room, and uh, I'm yet to find them. I bought them, I had them for about three days, and then I lost them, and I'm absolutely fuming. Has he had them away? He's like the boogeyman. He's like the boogeyman, yeah. isn't he, LP? It's Pete that stole <laughs> it. Pete destroyed the car. Pete took everything. Yeah. He's a whisper yeah. on the wind. He's a whisper but on the wind. A lot of people don't but... know, but but Premier 2, 2 stands for how many times he's been in prison. He's, he's, he's a really problematic <laughs> individual. <laughs> oh, poor LP. Poor LP. Poor we, do, we do love him, so. We love him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good friend, I suppose. He's not as bad as Ryotaro. I don't know if you saw... The most recent edition of Journey Across Japan, Journey mm. Across the Destroyed Windscreen, 
Uh, yes, Riotro put a rock in a boot. I don't think that was deliberate. But he cleaned my windscreen no. with a the boot. There was a rock in it, and he scratched the windscreen. And it's yeah. directly in front of the driving plate. Like, you know, directly in front of the driving seat, from the steering wheel, this horrible yeah. scratch mark. And so I he, don't know what to do about so, it. So you... I very much enjoyed this um, this um, this video because um, I did a similar thing, but with just the um, windscreen wipers on my car. Um, so my, oh my screen's God. all scratched up. But I just like the fact that that, that you um, went down like the true crime um, route. We could have had a, a true crime podcast uh, here at Stack HQ of you trying to find out who who keyed your window and and with the car. You uh, bought mm. it for, for for a very small amount of money, the smallest amount of money uh, on the lot, uh, in in the mm. second hand car uh, lot. And um, is it still a part of you that sort of goes that that's that's I've lost money here. He's he's ruined that car now. The uh, windscreen's uh, <laughs> all broken up. I do wonder. Like the uh, the whole comment section was torn over how to like solve the windscreen. Like someone was like, <laughs> get some toothpaste and a spoon and and fuck the windscreen. And it's like I I, I don't know how to do this sort of stuff. I don't know what no. to do. Um, I think Riotto should find a way out of this. To be honest, the car you know Somehow. the car cost just over a thousand dollars. I think, um, mm. but it's it's in really good condition. When we got it, everything worked. Everything was mm. beautiful. I love that car. It's such a good car. Um, mm. And as to what happened to it, you'll have to find out in the last episode. Drove it off a bridge. And it's Pete. Pete, Pete stole it. Uh, torched it. And Pete, it's, Premier it's, 2 Pete torched it. <laughs> well, it's just a shame that, you know, we drove it 2,000 kilometres or whatever around Japan. And the mm. real enemy was in the car the whole time. You know, the enemy was within. Like yeah. Trojan fucking shit Trojan horse, Riotero <laughs> with the Wellington boot and the rock, honestly. <laughs> Bastard. God yeah. damn it. But anyway, what have Never you done to your... Mind. How's your car? What's the saga of the Toyota? Have you got out the car park? Have you driven it around London yet? Have you got a few taxi well, fares? Well, the, the update, um, uh, quite hilariously, is that um, couldn't get in the... So, you know, I spoke about this a few weeks ago, and I'll be very brief because I realise um, the importing of a, of a car is not really that interesting. But um, I... Um, they, they had it in Southampton. Um, they um, couldn't figure out what was happening with the battery. Uh, they kind of figured that out, I think. Uh, and then they... Because of um, UK laws, you have to have a rear fog light for some bloody reason. <laughs> um, you've got to have a, a rear fog, fog light. So they, they, they've got to fit that before they go for the MOT. And they've... Um, and uh, they they couldn't get in the boot, Chris. They just couldn't get in the boot to fit this uh, fit this fog light crowbar. And I'm like, right, it's okay, your Toyota fine, crown. Okay, so this is. So I had to go down the. Uh, so I had to go down the asking bigger boys on Facebook um, Toyota Century owners group uh, route. Oh, Toyota Century. And uh, it turns out I, I've not actually got a master key for the car. Um, I've only got oh um, the, the the key that you give to the person, you know, outside a hotel. What do you call it? Valet. Uh, valet mode key. I've only got a valet key. Oh, I've not actually got a master's key for the car. It's all just solid work from uh, the people this who exported the car. <laughs> this is what you get for importing a Toyota Century, that's, beloved that's Japanese get. car you get. from the 90s. But I, I'm, I'm not, what, what I, don't even, I can't even get in my own car properly. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so sad. The journey it went on, like three or four mm. months at sea yeah. from Yokohama yeah. to Pete Dawson's drive, <laughs> and it's not got to the drive. It's just stuck in Southampton, and there's it no is. key. So what, what the hell happens now? How do you get into the car? Apart from um, Chromar? I believe, uh, I believe they had to drill the lock <laughs> and oh put a new lock God. in. Oh, my God. That's one car, way to do it, I suppose, isn't it? Shreds. 
Yeah, exactly. It's a disaster. <laughs> My God, Pete. Yeah. Well, I hope you get the car one day. And Me too. when you do, too, don't please. let fucking Riotro anywhere near yeah. it. Uh, we got a story this week from uh, Josh, who says, Ooh. and it begins, uh, Hello, Chris and Pete. This is a story from a eight, an 18 day solo trip I did last summer across Honshu and Hokkaido, equipped with the Japanese I'd learned throughout high school and university. I was in a small ramen restaurant in Hakodate one evening, tucking into a delicious miso ramen. Sorry, miso. I always say miso, and Charlotte miso. kills me. It's one of those words that be careful, it's miso, not miso, in the same way people say samurai instead of samurai. Get that right. Or would you not think like that miso? Mi, mi, what's miso. it? So how would you if miso. you if it was going to be miso? How would you write that? Would that be M I I miso? No, it's just M I S O. It's just miso yeah. miso. Mi, I don't mi, really know miso. why. It's just Japanese phonetics, isn't it? Yeah. In it, right, uh, miso. Uh, anyway, he, Josh was tucking into his miso ramen with the samurai, <laughs> and. Uh, as I began slurping away, a pair of exuberant Japanese businessmen came in and sat next to me. Initially, I paid little attention to them until they began to start a friendly, if rather disjointed, conversation with two foreign tourists on the next table. Halfway through my meal, the group's conversation started to stall as the businessmen only had basic English. I felt bad for the tourists who were ineffectively trying to move on from the topic, and I was debating whether or not and that I should say something, despite not being part of the conversation. I didn't want to be rude, but I heard the businessman discussing how to say, I'd like to pay for your meal, in English. Seizing this opportunity, I blurted out to the tourists, excuse me guys, but they're saying they'd like to treat you to your meal. At once, all the heads turned towards me, and I started to regret saying anything at all. One of the (laughs) businessmen jokingly said that I should have said something a lot sooner, and then both began to engage in conversation with me. I shouldn't have worried about joining in. I was well-received, and it gave me a chance to further practice my Japanese, make connections, and share stories about my own adventures. After a super conversation, the same businessman who wanted to pay for the tourist meal also said that he would pay for mine. Out of this story, I realised just one small decision, spontaneous as it was, could make for a memorable moment. Getting a free meal and trading stories with fellow travellers was certainly not on my original itinerary. Josh, from the city known only as Seattle. I, I thought there was going to be a twist there where the Japanese guys are going to be like, wait a minute, we didn't say that at all. You put words in our mouth, we're not paying for anyone's meal. <laughs> that would be really funny if you just played tricks on people going, you know, you could sort of walk around going, yeah, they're actually saying that they um, want to buy you lunch and give you a car. <laughs> we didn't say that. We they want to buy that. you a hotel room. Yeah. I mean... Uh, Josh, Josh being clever there, a chancer. He, he heard there was a free meal on the ticket and he was like, oh, no, I'll do. I'll <laughs> he get. was just, he no, was well just sort of put, putting that kind of like altruism into, uh, into the ether and hoping that uh, Josh from the coffee city known as Seattle, Washington, uh, that you get a little bit back. I mean, he says that he's from the um, coffee city known as Seattle, Washington. I see Seattle, um, visiting it for the first time last year, as very much um, the home of that awful um, uh, chewing gum street. Have you seen that Chewing street that's street. just covered in chuddy? Um, basically, it's every street it's in the UK, a gig venue or something. People started putting, or a theatre, people started putting chewing gum on the wall. And then Ooh. more chewing gum ended up on the wall. And then over a few years, they've just got this whole street decorated with disgusting, drippy, bubblegum, chewing gum nonsense. Oh. And it smells like mint. It's disgusting. Absolutely. I think it's how COVID started, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> that is pretty horrible. 
Mm. I like Seattle. It's kind of cool. I remember when I was there, I had a pizza named after John Candy, a beloved Mm. Canadian actor uh, who's sadly passed away a very long time ago, 1995. I remember being really delighted to have a pizza in his honour. I went up the Space Needle. Was it the Space Needle? A really cool Space building. Needle, yeah, yeah, uh, that, that was quite fun. I, I mean, after a while, on a hangover, that's it's not great trippy. to be honest. Just feeling that because it also rotates as well. Part of it, it does, rotates and part it? of it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. And you're just a bit like, oh no, no fuck. It's you. also got like a monorail from like the 1950s. I think they had a World mm. Fair, World Expo, or something, and they were like. I know what people want, a monorail. And it was kind of cool. Yeah. I'd never heard of it before. So that was kind I of I think funky. like Seattle, Pike Valencia, kind of all these places that had like world fairs back in the day, like a really kind of exciting. Monorail. It reminds me of um, when I was a kid, they had like um, a harvest festival in near, in, I think Gateshead, near where I uh, I came come from um, and came from. Um, Did they build they a monorail? Would, well, I think they might have had a monorail there. And they also, <laughs> but they would, they, this garden festival, they would pick it up and transplant it I think it started in Glasgow, then it ended up in here, in, in Gateshead, and then it went somewhere else. They just pick up these plants and go, there you go, plebs. You've got, you've got, you've got some public art there that you can go and see. I mean, I love a monorail, but there's been like, mm. uh, I, the new thing is Instagram reels are all over the place and, mm. you know, people doing short videos on Japan, tourism videos. And right. I see the new one is like, Japan has a floating railway and it's a, just a fucking monorail. Just call it a monorail. A floating railway. One, it's just a monorail in Chiba somewhere. And they're like, Tokyo's secret monorail. Well, it's not even in Tokyo. <laughs> Chiba's its own city. Yes. For, if I'm going to be pedantic. And I was really <laughs> angry. And I, yeah, God, don't get me started on it. Don't get me started on the Don't get me started on our old friend, Johnny Somali. In our story Johnny today, Somali. we had some foreigners being nice in a restaurant. Mm. Nice to the point that you get a free meal, right? If you're not a dick, if, you in, if you're nice and you talk to people and you make the effort, you get free things in Japan. If you're the opposite of that, you get fined 200,000 yen. Isn't that right, Pete? The tale of Johnny Somali in Japan finally comes to a close this week, once and for all, yeah. hopefully. His, his, his Japan um, leg of the uh, world um, <laughs> charm offensive tour uh, <laughs> is certainly coming to, to an end. Uh, real name, uh, Ramsey Khalidi Ishmael, or Ismail, rather. Ismail? 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 Uh, was, Ismail. Fined, um, was fined basically um, £1,000 or £1,500 um, by a Japanese court uh, in the last week for playing loud music at a uh, Gyudon restaurant in Osaka last year. Now, bearing in mind that Johnny Somali is someone we've spoken about quite a lot on the show here and there because he's kind of got up to all kinds of law jinks uh, all, all around um, the Tokyo sort of area and uh, Osaka. Um, but last September, Somali was finally arrested for uh, trespassing on a construction site uh, and was even arrested uh, for disrupting a restaurant by entering the kitchen and playing uh, loud music. He had been in custody uh, pre-trial. Uh, he has requested leniency, uh, leniency in this particular case. Uh, it was an embarrassing act that inconvenienced employees and customers. I swear that I will never record or distribute any kind of video in the future. So maybe he's going into um, just pictures of him being a little <laughs> shit around, around the gaff. Uh, but it's, it, it is part of a, like an increasing, I would say an increasing trend of 
dickhead YouTubers, uh, dickhead kind of influencers going to Japan because everyone's so polite and mm. you can get away with all kinds of uh, nonsense. And he and he's someone well, that yeah. um, has has been the poster boy for for, for bad behaviour. Uh, but there are people sort of pushing the envelope um, pr- pretty constantly. Pushing the envelope of twattery. Yeah. And... <laughs> Opening I dread to think it what up, you're going to do next time licking you're in Japan. it, resealing it <laughs> with the spit on it. <laughs> Honestly, I think um, you know the reaction I've seen is mixed. I think a lot of people are disappointed mm. that you know he didn't get anything worse than this. Like, I don't even think he got deported. I think he he had to leave Japan immediately mm. because his, uh, his tourism visa had expired. Tourism visa mm. in Japan, ninety days long, and he wasn't able to extend it. So they were like. You're out of prison now. Fuck off. Um, mm. But now, when he does come Japan again, if he does, which I'm sure is unlikely, uh, <laughs> when you have a conviction and you enter Japan, you have to sort of write, don't you? Like, oh, have you been involved in anything? He will mm. have to write, yes, I was in prison for three or four months for being a bell end, and now they might not let him in. Hopefully, yeah. Um, I don't think he'll be back unless it's some sort of incredible apology tour. But I don't think Johnny Somali is the man for that. Or capable of that. Um, it's, it, I think it's, obviously it's a fine, like... a fine of two hundred thousand yen isn't that much. It's more of a symbolic thing, right? Um, yeah. But he did still spend, you know, three or four months in a jail, um, and that can't have been yeah. fun. I mean, and he probably obviously... had a lot of time sitting there going, "What a dickhead I am! What what did I think was going <laughs> to happen?" You know, you yeah. hope he did. I anyway. mean, I. I... I don't think this will have necessarily this this has increased his um his legend uh, I think it's fair to say and I don't think he'll necessarily be thinking twice about uh, doing more of this stuff because obviously he'll be making more than um 200,000 yen or a grand out of uh, out of the videos that, that that he makes so I mean you do have to kind of stop and although it's quite emotive and you know um Japanese Japanophiles <clears throat> can be quite gatekeepy when it comes to uh, Japan. Um so mm. maybe you have to kind of like have a think about just general human rights. Should you be deported for playing a bit of music um in a restaurant? Should you be deported for um you know being an idiot on a, on on a building site? I mean, you know, I've I've done um, I've done stupid stuff. <laughs> I've had a few, but um, uh, in Japan and outside of it. But so it is kind of like we. I guess we do have to kind of stop and think. Like, what, what does this actually mean fundamentally for for general tourism um, in, in Japan? But uh, yeah, so it's not necessarily how I'd. Well, again, like his tourism about... visa was up. Mm, I, th- I exactly. think I think he should have been deported. If if in the event that his visa was still valid, I would have deported yeah. him because he had consistently being a dickhead, right? Doing something once or twice, but I do something consistently over a three to six month period and be but so does reckless. does any of this like, kind the... of, it, it, is any, because I've seen people do similar stuff and they've not, they wouldn't even find the, the inside of a police cell. I mean, you've got, like a Japanese national would not find the inside of a police cell for this sort of behaviour. In the UK? Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if, a, if a Japanese national in the UK broke into a construction site or broke into someone's truck or just harass people in restaurants and trains. I would like to think something would happen. It probably wouldn't no, though, because get a punch there was the nose, that guy that did do the same that last year, right? There was a guy that was literally breaking into people's houses and mm. I can't remember his name and he was on Piers Morgan and Piers Morgan threw him off. Oh, uh, the guy, the guy in London. All. I thought you meant the guy yeah. who does, um, who goes around finding um, 
de- deserted um, homes to kind of squat in for the night. Um, he's done a few in Japan, and that, that's I do find that sort of thing quite interesting. But but yeah, similarly, um, problem <laughs> problematic. You can't get away with that kind of care. But so yeah, it's I I think fundamentally you've you've got to think about um, um, how far you're willing to go to to protect. Um, but I, I think with with Somali, as his, as his, uh, as his um, stage name goes, um, do you not think that like he's when we've spoken about this sort of thing before, he's mm. he's doing this because physically, in he thinks that he's untouchable, uh, but in, in anywhere else, I think he would be. Beating well, as we've shit said before. Not a big yeah, guy, in is other he? Countries. Not a big guy. That's all I'm saying. Not a big guy. Well, in other countries, yeah, he would have probably been. Mm. Physically yeah. assaulted on a train mm. or at a bar or the restaurant, um, mm. and of course he was punched in the face in Shibuya mm. uh, quite aggressively. Um, mm. So yeah, it's all. It's honestly, I think people like that consistently being a dick need to be made an example of, so they don't mm. do that sort of thing again. You know, there's a being loud in public's one thing, but actually harassing people and yeah. annoying people. I, you know, I can. I mean, being I, in I, Japan I, you, all this you, time, that's the you, worst you say thing. That though, right? Chris, I. I, I saw um, uh, uh, an influencer, a YouTuber, you might say, um, in a in a boxing ring, um, hitting another man, <laughs> and I think he should have been <laughs> deported from from Los Angeles uh, for from that America. kind of caper. Deport me from Los Angeles. I don't want to go to Los Angeles again. Horrible place. No. Get me to Seattle. No, That's where the action is. <laughs> but that hopefully is the end of the Somali saga, and hopefully it draws a line under um, kind of twatty influencers in sort of just, just in Japan, foreign influencers mm. coming here. Obviously, it's happened a few times last year. Lots of people called them out. Let's hope that in 2024, it's not something we need to talk about again because it takes the fun out of everything. And, you know, I, regardless of what happens to Johnny Somali now, I don't care. Maybe he'll travel the world and be an absolute arsehole elsewhere. But it's nice to know that I can, you know, we can walk around the streets of Japan. No, not going to have to bump into him playing music loudly or harassing people or being a prick. And that hmm. is a, a happy conclusion as far as I'm collab. concerned. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a collab's in the offing for me. That guy's <laughs> money. You can go to the UK only once. Go to the UK. <laughs> go and see Pete's car. Go yeah. and break yeah, in, try and break the, into Pete's car, Johnny Somali. Not even Pete can get Stacked into London. Enjoy the new Johnny Somali podcast. He's got... He's an uncompromising <laughs> <laughs> visionary. <laughs> Oh my god! I wouldn't put it past you, Pete. I wouldn't put it past you. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'd, I would. I would be intrigued. Johnny Somali in your car as a podcast. Mm. But he's yes. first. He's got to break into your Johnny car. Somali. He'd get, he'd get in the boat for me. <laughs> he's 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 good at breaking and entering. He'd get in. <laughs> in the boot with Johnny Somali and Pete. Yeah. Oh God, what a horrible thought. <laughs> Fucking hell! All right, we'll be back in just a moment, guys. Your stories, comments, and questions in the facts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week? Mr. Donaldson, fill us in. We got a message from uh, Pablo from Tijuana. Wow. Hello, charismatic Chris and picturesque Pete. Uh, first of all, thanks for all the entertainment over the years. I had the opportunity to visit Japan with my family over the holidays. Uh, during my trip, I had my first experience using Uber Eats in Japan. Oh, exciting. Uh, I know the culture is to never tip there, so I didn't. So, But ever since, I've been wondering, was this correct, the correct decision? In the scenario, should I have tipped as I've been feeling a little guilty since? Um, have a great day. Pablo from Tijuana. Um, is there is this Good new question. kind of um, gig culture economy um, getting these tips sort of sneaking in here and there? I mean, I when if, if I do it on Uber Eats or Walt, uh, yeah. I always I always tip because um, mm. I just kind of picture this person, you know, just running into a rest, like parking their car up awkwardly or their bike in front of like a McDonald's. Not that I would, yeah. uh, not that I would ever order from McDonald's. Um, park up their bike in like Shibuya Crossing, dash yeah. inside, get the bag, get back on the bike, cycle away, whatever. You know, I just think, God, that, that, that I feel bad that they're going to this effort for me. So I do mm. tip them. Um, but I wonder, yeah, because obviously in Japan we don't tip. But yeah, no, I do as a rule of thumb. And, it, you know, they, I, I recommend it. Let's be nice. Yeah. There's, we don't tip um, at restaurants though, so that's good. I think some that's some um, sort of DoorDash kind instead. of companies, some DoorDash companies in America, they um, they allow you to tip, or they allow you to sort of dangle a tip as like I'm going to give you a five dollar right. tip, and then when the when the food is delivered, you can sort of pull that tip away effectively, which is um, I know that Appreciate kind of protects it. the consumer, but it, it really screws over the dickhead the the dickheads screws over the um the person who's ordered the food from the dickhead effectively it's uh, it's it's pretty rough <laughs> well, that's pretty rough what yeah. so i give barry a 5 dollar tip he's on his way mm. yeah. and then it arrives barry Somali. and then i'm like actually i uh, got the food yeah. now i don't really feel like the tip not just good enough get rid of that you've that's, eaten that's one awful. of my bag of carrots You've got bigger things to worry about if that's the case. Yeah. Bloody hell. Uh, we got a story from Nick who says, uh, I, Chris and Pete, I hate bugs, but for some reason YouTube recommended me videos of the Mukare, the venomous Japanese centipede. After watching them, I don't want to go to Japan in February on my trip that I've pre-planned. <laughs> Have you ever encountered one in your house? I've read horror stories on Reddit where one person woke up with one of them crawling on their face. Is there any <laughs> advice you can give for dealing with the Mukare? Uh, also, is it true hotel rooms on higher floors encounter bugs less often? Less often, uh, the rooms closer to the ground floor. All the best, Nick from California. I don't think I think I've seen a mukade like six times, and I forget they're venomous. You don't have to worry about them. I've seen a cockroach no. on my pillow at a 
shit love hotel in Shibuya. And that really put me off the concept of love hotels, especially in Shibuya. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say, and also the only time I saw a cockroach at a restaurant was in the basement. So I think the lower you go, the more likely you are to find bugs, to be honest. And also if you're near like a river in the countryside, rivers seem to attract spiders, bugs, nightmares, you know. So have you ever seen one? Probably not, right? I saw a sign outside the I manga. Saw the sign museum in um i think kyoto um there was a little sign saying be careful there's a caterpillar in here there's a centipede in here that will bite you and it's just quite it's quite sort of whimsical sort of being outside got a bit emotional whimsical centipedes about the mukadir uh yeah i think um i think they were quite um it was quite funny because they were just like it, it felt like a sort of whimsical kind of like um creature that lived in this <laughs> lived in this little um museum manga museum Whimsical crit. I mean, uh, mm. I mean, I've never. Luckily, I've been. You know, I've been lucky not to be buggered by a mukade or anything like that. <laughs> Though I did buggered. get, I did get stung by a bee for the first time in the UK when I was back last year. I was driving around, having a time of my life. A bee flew in through the window. Mm. I, th- I just felt like it was a fly, so I hit the back of my uh, neck where it was, and it stung me, mm. and it was f- extremely painful. It was more the shock, right? I remember yeah. just sort of tensing up and being like. Argh! It was horrible. And for the next two minutes, it was exceedingly painful. And then it went away quite fast. So yeah. that was scary. I know Charlotte well, they... got like uh, stung by an actual hornet while she was Oof. in Kyushu years ago. She was walking through a field of wheat, like Theresa May, mm. and a, a hornet like stung her foot. And the uh, it was a homestay, I think. And she, she said the uh, the person running the homestay quickly grabbed her foot and sucked the poison out there and then. Which is Kinky, come on, yeah, Ooh. yeah, opportunist. And that's all. I'm, that's all I'm saying, guys. <laughs> opportunist. We've all been on the internet. Unbelievable. Oh god. And uh, yeah, she sucked the uh, the poison out and saved the day. Um, uh, or I think I would have just rather just had the poison in my foot. But each to their own. <laughs> I don't know. That was my excuse in that toilet that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Bloody hell. We got one last question from Lazarus on YouTube. He says, Hello, guys. I only started listening to this podcast uh, since it was added to YouTube. So, having no context for Pete Donaldson, how did you meet? Just knob, knob jokes, pretending to, <laughs> pretending to do, do naughty stuff in toilets. Busy that. That's the context you need. <laughs> I met Pete Donaldson in 2018 while doing Natsuki the movie. I was filming with Natsuki in London. We got a message from. Uh, Weird guy. He was like, yeah. I've got radio station two streets away. Would you like to come on it? Yeah. And I I knew the radio station, Absolute Radio, because I listened to the radio, the 80s Absolute Radio station. Lots of different radio stations in the radio station. The 80s one. I had that on repeat mm. playing all day when I was at university. So it was kind of really lucky. As I've said before, like if Pete had messaged, emailed Natsuki and I any time during that trip, any other day, we couldn't have done it, but we were in London mm. that day, two blocks from you. So we just went, oh shit, yeah, let's go on the radio. Let's meet Pete. And we went around the corner, met Pete. And then he was like, I'm coming to London. I'm coming to London now. No, sorry. I'm, I'm coming to Japan. Give me a free <laughs> tour. And I was like, that's the real reason he's invited us on the radio I just said I'm coming station. to Japan and you, did, you, and you said, meet me in the Fox Village. So we went to the Fox Village. And we had a lovely time. We don't, God, we don't talk about Fox Village anymore. But like, no. yeah, it was why, 2017. Why, Sorry, why has all of the YouTubers gone off Fox Village? Everyone used to go to Fox Village every single time. And then now nobody talks about Fox Village. These foxes 
are just roaming. They just they just let them out. They're just like we can't continue. <laughs> I don't, I think Fox Village. They just things got out of hand. I don't know what happened. Things got out of hand. They? Wow, too foxy. Too many foxes. Too right. many foxes spoiled the broth, and they. I, yeah, I don't know. Really, I think uh, it just got too popular, and they just mm. the foxes b- bred, and there's just so many. Uh, in this big enclosure, even the big enclosure is probably a bit too full now. But I digress. But that's how mm. I met Pete. He he chanced his way into a a visit to uh, North Japan. I gave him a whirlwind tour. I got a f- speeding ticket the same time that Pete was in the car, <laughs> and then he was like, "Let's do a podcast now." And I was like, "All right then." I never want to do a podcast. I said I'd only do it if I had someone to do it with, and Pete lured me into it. So yeah, there you go. So those of you who are the YouTube comments. This I am a necessary evil to get him to do a podcast, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to see the best of Pete Dawson, go back, watch the original Journey Across Japan. Uh, Pete joined for four episodes. He got very, very lucky. He got the Osaka and Kome videos with mm. nightlife, fun and beef. Uh, they're quite fun episodes. Go and check them out. Yeah. Osaka one in particular. It's a classic. And oh. that's the story of Pete Dawson. And he's mm-hmm. done nothing else since. Uh, <laughs> I've been resting on my laurels. <laughs> Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into a Born Japan podcast at gmail.com or comment below down in the comments. But for now, guys, have yourself a great few days. Check out the episode where Ryotaro trashed my car on a Born Japan, and we'll see you later in the week to do it all over again, right back here on the Born Japan podcast. Bye for now. Have a good one. Bye trouble. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com